to talk about this again. Uh, I don't know maybe uh, exactly how long I've, I've preached concerning the subject, a uh, uh, year or two, or I don't know exactly. I mean, I'm, you mention it a lot in every message, but, but what I'm talking about is, 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 is just spending a whole uh, lesson on, on, on this particular subject. And let me say this too. Uh, we need to be in much prayer for the people during this past week uh, and all this tornado outbreak. Uh, in, uh, in 10 states, in two days, there were over 100 confirmed tornado touchdowns. Uh, over 100 in 10 different states. Uh, a lot of people lost their life. Many more lost everything that they had, their homes. Um, and uh, it was just a tragic thing. And uh, uh, we we're having these more and more intensified. Uh, and uh, things like this is, uh, are taking place and happening. Uh, I like one thing that I've seen that was posted uh, uh, on, um, on, on YouTube. Anybody, anybody uh, uh, see that post on YouTube where that lady up in Kentucky rebuked that? Tornado as it was coming, the funnel was coming down, and that funnel went back, uh, went back into the cloud, and you just there circling, went on over house. Anybody see that? You you need to check, you need to check that out. It's on YouTube, and there was a lady up here in Liberty, Kentucky, uh, and uh, uh, there was a CNN reporter got a hold of it, and uh, uh, and uh, they they got to talking about it, but. I'm going to tell you. I'm, I'm going to tell you what. You know, I, I watch these programs on TV of these storm chasers, and uh, man, you say some of them people are crazy. But even those storm chasers uh, didn't do what this lady and, and a friend of hers did. Those storm chasers—they'll get so close, but then, then they'll—they know to back away. This lady stood firm and ground right beside her house, and she began to pray uh, for God to. To, to move that tornado on, I mean, it, there, uh, um, it comes out, you can see it. Some The one standing next to her was filming it, and you could see the funnel starting to drop down out of the cloud, and you could see uh, uh, one of her hands as she had her hands raised, and she be, began to pray for that, that tornado to, uh, to move past her house and to move past her city. And she began to pray, and she began to pray in tongues, and she was rebuking that thing. And you can see that thing go back up, hallelujah, and you know, and just kind of, just kind of whirl right there in in the, in the skies, hallelujah, amen. And hey, Jesus is a master of the wind. I'm glad I know him. What about you? Hallelujah, hallelujah. He's a master of the wind. Praise God. We're going to go to First Corinthians today, chapter 15, uh, for our opening text. Hallelujah. Uh, the pastor is here, so I hope that you all get a good sermon today. <laughs> ah, glory to God. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and we're going to read verses 51 and 52. Um, this is what it reads like. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. But we shall all be changed. In a moment, look at your neighbor and say, in a moment. 
and the twinkling of an eye. Some people mistakenly replace that as a blinking of an eye. A twinkle of an eye is just twice as fast as what it takes for you to blink your eye. He says, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Amen. Heavenly Father, as I come today, we thank you, God, and we praise you for the service and your presence we've already felt. And I'm asking for the next few moments of time, Lord, to let your anointing rest upon us. God, that I may speak, God, what you have put upon my heart right now. God, that when we leave here today, God, that we as a church will be excited and thrilled, anticipating your soon return. In Jesus' name, let the church say, Amen. God bless you. We love you in the Lord. You can be seated. Hallelujah. I want to speak to you on a subject titled, Living for the Moment. Living for the Moment. I can remember when the church people all the time would have an enthusiasm and excitement about the second coming of God, about the, uh, about the rapture. But I've noticed in the past uh, three or four years, you don't hear money in the church talking about this. There was a time when... When you when you turned on the radio, whether you listened to the Southern Gospel or or, or whatever your uh, uh, venue was uh, on the charts, there would always be something on there about the second coming of Christ. It wasn't. It seemed to me like very long ago how we would shout and praise God when the Sheltons played and sung the song on Meridian Street. I believe He's coming back. Just like he said, hallelujah. Well, you know what? There might be a lot of people lost their enthusiasm, but I'm still excited about the prospect of Jesus Christ returning. Glory to God. If there's one thing on my mind, if there's one thing that I desire above everything else, is to be able to look upon the face of my Lord and to stand in His presence. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And to feel Him and to Touch him, glory to God. Hallelujah. I live for the moment of every return. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Living for the moment. And I have some motives about this message today. If you don't have a burning zeal in your soul about the second coming of Jesus... I hope and pray that something that I say today will ignite that, that it will burn with fervency in your mind and in your spirit that you say, hey, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. And if He's really your Lord and Savior, you want to see Him, sweetheart. You want to see Him more than anything in the world. Give Jesus a hand clap of praise. I'm going to begin this word 
by asking everybody a question. And the question is, what are you living for? Amen. What are you living for? I believe that's a reasonable question. Hallelujah. I don't think it's unreasonable at all. I believe that question is very reasonable. And we should, as Christians, be able to answer that question free of any kind of guilt or embarrassment. Come on, somebody. When somebody asks you the question, what is it that you're living for, as a Christian, you ought to be able to answer that with not any, having any guilt on your conscience or feeling embarrassed. Hallelujah. But to honestly, in order to honestly answer the question, we would need to consider our individual pursuits and ambitions. Amen. If we're really going to answer that question honestly about what I am living for today, you're going to have to think about what your pursuits are, what your ambitions are, what your goals is in life. For example, let me give you some examples. A fisherman lives for the biggest catch. Hallelujah. That's why they always talk about how big lies fishermen can tell. Hallelujah. Oh, man, I, I caught one yay big, you know. Oh, you ain't, if you think this is big, you ought to see the one got away. <laughs> yeah, hallelujah. That's been told more than once. Hallelujah. So a fisherman, he lives for the biggest catch. An entertainer lives for the applause. A politician lives for the election. You better get that down mighty pat. I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat or what you are and who your favorite man or woman is. If they're politician, if they got politician running in them, hallelujah, there they live for election. Amen. And if you're the IRS, you live for April the 15th. <laughs> Glory to God, tax day. Some of you are dreading that already. Hallelujah. It's quickly coming. Hallelujah. Amen. The fact of the matter is, though, church, all uh, with all seriousness, the fact of the matter is that we all live for something. Every one of us. We all live for something. And even though we're Christians, even though we... Uh, a professed Christianity and a love for the name of Jesus. Jesus is not the only thing that we live for. Amen. It's a truth. Anyhow. Hallelujah. We all live for something. There are wants, there are dreams, and there are desires in the heart of us all which motivate, drives, and dominates our being. Hallelujah. You've got wants. You've got desires. You've got ambitions. That's, that, that becomes a driving force in your life. Hallelujah. 
Ain't no need for you to stick your head up in there and look all holy because it's the truth. All of us. Now, I've titled this message, Living for the Moment. And ordinarily, you wouldn't consider someone who lives for the moment, you would consider them to be foolish and ill-advised. Somebody who lives for the moment, they go out here and they'll, for example, they're all the time buying something on, 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 right on the spur of the moment, you know, without thinking about whether or not huh, they can afford to pay for it. Amen? There's a lot of things people do on the spur of the moment or they live for the moment that's really not too wise. And we wouldn't uh, try to have anybody uh, do that. You need to take some time and you need to consider before you jump into something. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. But when you consider... Living for the moment in the context of the second coming of Jesus, you can view it in a different light. Hallelujah. I, hear, I come here to tell somebody today that, Pastor Pruitt, I'm living for the moment. I'm living for the moment. What moment are you living for? I'm glad you asked. He said, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment. Hallelujah. That is the moment that I'm living for. And I hope and pray that you are living for that self-same moment. Glory. I'm living for the moment. Let's, let's look at that word moment for just a minute. You might be surprised. Now, if you open up a dictionary and you look up the word moment, you'll get, you'll get some definitions. But I'm talking about one of the most important events written in the Word of God. So, because of that, even though I, I, I trust Mr. Webster and I believe he was a smart man and all that, there are certain things that I don't leave to Mr. Webster. But I want to go back to the original just to see what the Apostle Paul in his own handwriting wrote when he wrote this to the church of Thessalonica. He said, in a moment, or by the Greek word atomus, atomus, Think about that word for a moment. Atomus. That's the word that the Apostle Paul wrote down. Atomus. In the atomus. Now, if you can probably tell, this word is where we get our English word atom. I'm not talking about A-D-A-M, the name. I'm talking about atom, A-T-O-M. The building blocks known to man, the smallest particles known. Right here, there was a reason why Paul wrote Atomus here. He said, in an Atomus, where we get the word Adam. Now, to visualize how minute or small an Adam is, 
if you've got enough courage, just and if you've got enough enough of it, pluck out one of the hairs in your head. Like I said, if you got the courage, and number two, if you got enough of it, and take a look at that hair. And when I studied it out, I was blown away when I found out. Do you understand how small an atom is? An atom is so small that on a typical human hair, it takes a million atoms lined up side by side to cover the width of a human hair. That's how small an atom is. That it, it would take a million of them lined up side by side to go across the width of a human hair. So what was Paul saying here? He says in an atomus or in an atom of time. Oh, glory to God. In an atom of time, Christ is going to split open the eastern sky and those ready will be raptured away while others will be left behind to endure the wrath of God on this planet. That's why I'm living for the moment. Oh, I hope somebody is with me right now. Lord, it goes in an atom of a moment, in an atom of time. Amen. Jesus is going to come. If He come right now, those ready would disappear and I would be long gone before this microphone hit this carpet. Think about it. I'm standing here talking to you right now, holding, amen, this microphone. And if it was the time that Jesus split the sky before this microphone hit the carpet, here who is ready to go. Lord, do you see why we need to stay excited about His coming? Because if you ain't ready, you ain't going to have time to get ready, honey. You ain't going to have time. You ain't going to look and see Him coming a long way off. You're going to be here one second and then an hour of time you will be gone. Are you living for the moment? Are you living? This is why we ought to get fired up about things like soul winning boot camp. They went in souls. Because everybody in here has got people in your family that if Jesus come right now in the next atom of time, will be lost and in the devil's hell for all eternity. Living for the moment. In one human hair, it would take one million atoms lined up side by side to go across the width of human hair. In an atom of time, Christ will split the skies open. The trumpet will be sounded. And those ready will be called up. Hallelujah. 
Glory to God. Hallelujah. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, Jesus Christ is coming. Hallelujah. Do you know, do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt, if you're ready, don't come across with that stuff. Well, you know, all we can do is hope. That's a bunch of bull and hogwash. Hallelujah. Amen. This thing is a no-soul salvation. And if you can't say that I know that I've been born again, you should not get off the altar till you know beyond a shadow of a doubt. The Word of God says you've got to make your calling an election sure. Not make your calling an election a hope-soul thing. Or maybe, Lord of God, this book was written so you might know you have eternal life. Glory. Hallelujah. Glory. Living. I'm feeling the Holy Ghost right now. Thank you, Jesus. I'm living for the moment. I want to talk first about the promise of His return. We need to understand Something about the promise. Hallelujah. The Word of God has given us a promise that He's going to come back again. In John chapter 14, verse 3, Jesus Himself talking about going away. Verse 3 says, And if I go and prepare a place for you, Everybody knows that. I've used these scriptures probably a hundred times somewhere in a funeral service down through the years. John chapter 14. Let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. Now my name's not Johnny James, but man, this thing, I'm living for the moment. I know these scriptures about His second coming. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let not your heart be troubled. Because if you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would not have told you. I go, verse 3, to prepare a place for you. That where I am, if I go and prepare a place for you, that where I am there you may be also. What is that? That's living for the moment. Hallelujah. 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 I can tell you right now, it's time some people in this house starts living for the moment. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. Not might, maybe, but I will come again. Acts chapter 1, verse 9 through 11. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. While they looked steadfastly toward the heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. These wasn't two men to come out of the city. Let me just make it plain to you. If you don't understand, there were two angels that appeared. Two angels right there in broad open daylight before the followers of Jesus as they followed him out on the hillside before he was called up. And when he was called up, 
And the clouds received him out of the sight. They just kept standing around there looking. Just looking. Looking towards the skies. Looking toward the clouds. While they kept standing there with their hands in their pockets, looking up toward heaven, two angels came and stood right beside them. What did two angels say? Hallelujah. Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? If there's, a, if there's one problem I have with a bunch of apostolic people is we're too, we got too many gazers. Hallelujah. Now we need more workers, but we don't need to slap down no more gazers. Hallelujah. Lord, my Lord, if we had a few more workers, amen, we could build something around here for the kingdom of God. But the problem is we got too many gazers. Bless the quietness in here. Hallelujah. Glory to God. we got too many bench warmers. Glory to God. If you are half as good about serving God as you are keeping that seat warm, we can get somewhere around here. Whoop, whoop. It's the truth of the house. Ye men of Galilee. Hallelujah. Let me give you a semi fruit version. Ye men and women of Galilee. And there were some women in the crowd. The Bible tells us that. There, the mother of Jesus was there. Hallelujah. These two angels says, You men of Galilee, why stand you there gazing up to the heavens? He's already told you what to do. Why are you standing here for? Come on, somebody. He'd already told them what they needed to do, and they were already wasting time. He, had been, he was just gone in a moment. He'd just been gone in an atom of time, and they already started disobeying him. He told them, to go back to Jerusalem, amen, and tarry till you be endued with the power from on high. They should have been on their way back to Jerusalem. Somebody said, Brother Spirit, how you know them first people were apostolic people? And listen, we know right there because they were gays instead of going back to what Jesus told them to do. Hallelujah. 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 Lord to God, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye up gazing into the heavens of this same Jesus? Not another Jesus. Not Allah. Come on, somebody. Glory to God. Not Sun Young Moon. Amen. Hallelujah. Not Father. Anybody remember Father Divine? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Not Joseph Smith. Hallelujah. Amen. Charles Taz Russell. Lord of God. Amen. Them Russellites, all them Jehovah Witness and Joseph Smith, all them all them uh, Mormons, hallelujah. Sun Young Moon, all them Moonies, hallelujah. This same Jesus. Hallelujah. He never did intend. Do you know what? Out of everything, Jesus in those three and a half years. Brother Bobby, he was training them what to do. He gave them everything, what they needed to do when he went away. But you know what? He didn't tell them one thing about giving a replacement for him, did he? Hello, somebody. Glory to God. I know there's a lot of people out of work looking for a job, but please do not apply in heaven. Hallelujah. There's no vacancies on the throne. Hallelujah. 
Amen. No vacancies on the throne. Start living for the moment. Quit standing around and gazing with your hands in your pocket. Glory to God, looking. Hallelujah. Every time we get to the house of God, you always got one group that's praising God. Usually it's the minority. Why in the world does Brother Darrell want to sing so many songs? He wouldn't have to if you start praising God on the first one. Hello, somebody. But now we got to come in here and do just like they used to do them old well pumps years ago. Hallelujah. You got to prime them up. Hallelujah. You're hot and thirsty. It's about 100 degrees outside. You've been out in the field plowing, man, and you're about to die and pass out. Do you think that pump cares? That pump don't care. Hallelujah. You got to take the time. You got to prime that pump. Glory to God. And every day, every Sunday, churches all over the country, first thing we have to do is pump and prize. Prime. Hallelujah. Glory to God. When, if we want to see some souls saved, some people filled with the Spirit, some people healed, you know what we could do? We could enter these doors just like King David. I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. Oh. Oh. Oh, no. It's Sunday. Tomorrow's Monday. I got to go back to work tomorrow. I, I, I had to spend all my Saturday doing that honeydew list. This is on. Uh, well, I see the clock. I, I just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to, oh, I hate to do You might not say it, but God knows you think it. That's why some of you wait till the last minute to get up to put your glad rags on. Because you ain't too glad about going to the house of God. You ought to be excited about, hey, this is Sunday. I get to go to God's house. Lord of God, I'm a, I'm a child of David. We want to walk around and talk about we being a child of the king. Lord of God, well, we was really like David. We were going to the house of God dancing and praising God. I thought he was preaching about the second coming. Man, he's stepping all over my toes. Well, I'm talking about getting you to live for the moment. Hallelujah. The moment, the atom of time, when you hear one second and the split second you've gone. Hallelujah. Jesus said there would be... This man right here is a Bible scholar. He said there'd be two plowing in the field. One would be taken, and what would happen to the other one would be left. See, there I told you, he's a Bible scholar. He said there would be two sleeping in the bed. One would be taken, and the other one would be left. Hallelujah. One of these days or one of these nights, 
is going to be a commotion. You're going to look over to your husband and your wife, and they're not there. Well, I guess I got up and get a drink of water, go to the restroom or something. But no, because you take another look, and there, there's their pajamas laying there. You see, they won't be taking them. Hallelujah. Jesus has got me a brand new robe that's made just for me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. After almost, we're going to, Sister Darlene and I, we'll, we'll be celebrating our 40th anniversary this coming June 15th, Lord willing. Hallelujah. And I bet you still couldn't tell what size pants I wear. But Jesus knows what size. I don't want to hear no that extra large stuff. You didn't say that, did you, brother? <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory, glory to God. Hallelujah. Do you realize what a bad time it's going to be for those left behind? That sweetheart that you lived together with 20 years, and y'all had a good relationship, but the other one never did really get real, real serious about serving God. They never did start living for the moment. And now they're gone, but you're here. A mama gets up in the middle of the night to go to the baby's room and check in the crib. There's no baby there. Honey! What? What? What are you doing bothering me, woman? You know, i got to get up. Hey, our baby's gone. Oh, no, somebody's done kidnapped. Yeah, the baby's been kidnapped. It's been by Gabriel. Hallelujah. He snuck in and snatched that child on out, but because you and your wife never did live for the moment, the child's gone, and hallelujah, and you're left behind. Now, guess what? Whether or not somebody realized or not, pastor's preaching the book. Hallelujah. I'm preaching the book. <laughs> it's kind of like Santa Claus. Yep. You're going to say, Pastor's over here preaching on Santa Claus now. Oh, you better watch out. You better not pout. That takes care of two-thirds apostolics right there. Pouting, complaining, complaining, murmuring. Does God really, does God really get upset by that? Talk to Moses and Joshua and the children of Israel going through the wilderness. He got fed up with it with them. Hallelujah. You better not cry, I'm telling you why. Then he says, he's making a list. He's checking it twice. I want to find out who's been naughty and nice. Well, I'm going to tell you something. When Jesus Christ comes in that atom of time, Even though you've been one of those people who they wrote the song about, oh yes, I'm the great pretender. Hello, somebody. If you if you know that song, then you then you then you you can tell and you're getting kind of old. You know how old you are. Hallelujah. 
Came out back in the 50s somewhere. Hallelujah. You know, you may have been fooling your husband, your wife, your pastor, your children, but you ain't going to fool the angel of God because in an atom of time, they're going to know who's going to, who, before they leave heaven's throne, they're going to know who to take, who to leave behind. Hello, somebody. Glory to God. Glory to God. Man, I, oh, Lord, hallelujah. i got to move on. Thank you, Jesus. The promise. Why stand ye gazing up to the heaven? This same Jesus who you have seen taken up into heaven shall come again in like manner as you've seen him go. Listen, folks. Many people don't live for the moment of Christ's return simply because they don't believe that he will. Now, that now we're getting into a different issue. It amazes me how many people really don't believe in the second coming of Christ. I have talked to apostolic preachers who do not believe it, who do not believe in the rapture. Back when I was still a young man, evangelist on the field, there was an apostolic pastor Called me. They want. He wanted me to come in and be his assistant pastor of the church. That was an apartment behind the church, and he wasn't used. You and uh, you and your wife can move in back there, rent free. We just got married. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that God gave me the understanding and He also gave me the boldness to stand up to principles. I told him, I said, man, I says, I can't do it. I says, let me ask you a question. And I put it to him point blank. I said, is it true what I've heard? He says, yeah. He says, but he says, we don't have to make that an issue. I said, let me tell you something. That is an issue with me. Because that's why I, that's why I'm taking my time preaching the gospel anyway. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing. If Jesus Christ is not coming, if there's not going to be no rapture, me and you both is wasting time. Hallelujah! Let's just go down here and get get in touch with old old Jack Daniel. Let's just have a good old time. Come on, somebody! Hallelujah! There's some foundational truths, folks, that you better not back up one inch on. Hallelujah. A lot of people don't live for the moment because they don't believe He's coming back. Even so-called Christian denominations denounce the rapture as being false, being a fable, or ill-advised tradition. But there, if there is any truth, if there is any truth found in the pages of God's holy word, it is of a surety found in the scriptures which declared his second coming and the resurrection of the dead. Amen. There's too much of it in there, folks. If that's not right, then we are wasting our time. We're spinning our wheels. The Bible states, let me, and let me tell you, all the time I hear people say, how come we got so many different faiths, so many different denominations? Because we got so many people, amen, they'll, they'll find one scripture in the Bible 
And then they'll pull it out of context from the rest of the Bible. They can't find no other places nowhere, and they'll start building doctrines on one Scripture. The Bible says from the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. I, I don't preach one thing that I can't give you at least two or three witnesses for in the Word of God. If I, can't, if, I can, if I can only find one Scripture and it looks like to me one Scripture saying something else, but I can't find a witness nowhere else in the Word of God, I will not preach it! From the mouth of two or three witnesses shall everything be established. Christ was witness of His return before He went away. When he told them in John 14 and 3, he said, I'm going to go to the prepared place for you. I will come again. That's one witness. Hallelujah. And Christ, then the angels was a witness. When he went away, those two angels said, While you stand, ye gazing up to the heavens, because this same Jesus shall come again in like manner. That's the second witness right there. Hallelujah. And then Apostle Paul, he was the third witness of this particular doctrine and teaching of the second return and the rapture when he witnessed it to the church in Thessalonica. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 17. He said, But I would not have you to be ignorant brethren concerning them which are asleep that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. Oh, don't you weep for me when I'm gone. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Listen here. We don't have to sorrow and weep over those that are leaving and gone like somebody don't have no hope. Glory to God. Because we have hope in Jesus. Can somebody say Amen. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleeps in Jesus will God bring with him. Hmm. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. Verse 16. For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with a voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up. That word caught up right there is where we get the word rapture. That's where it comes from. Together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And it's all going to take place in an atom of time. I would like to linger on this and talk a little bit more, but man, it's 22, 20 till, and I've got I've got to finish this up to get everybody out of here. So let me move on. Let's, I want I talked about the promise of His return. Now let's talk just briefly about the preparedness for His return. 
if you believe that he's going to come again, if you believe the Word of God has enough witness to verify he's coming again, and by the way, I gave you three, but there's a whole lot many more. The only reason why I hadn't gone further is because of time. Hallelujah. Do you know that there's scriptures in the Old Testament that talks about the second coming of Jesus? Not the first coming, the second coming. He hadn't come the first time, but there are Old Testament scriptures that talks about his second coming. Like I said, I, didn't, I don't have time to get into them all. It, the Bible's full of it. Let's talk about the preparedness for his return. Living for the moment of his return means that you are packed up, prepared, and ready to go. Them old, I, I, I love them old evangelistic tent songs. Hallelujah. Man, once you get it running in your blood, you'll never get rid. I don't care how, how contemporary it goes. Hallelujah. There's just something about them old tent songs, man, that just gets me ignited. There ain't a song out there today on the modern charts, amen, that can get me excited like, well, I'm packing up, I'm getting ready to go. Lord, I'm packing up, I'm getting ready to go. Well, hallelujah, are you packed up? Lord, God, are you ready to get out of here? Because he's coming back in an animal time. You ain't going to have time to get your night bad pack. You ain't going to have time to throw your toothbrush. Lord to God and your toothpaste in there. You better be packed up ready to go right now or you're going to be left behind. I got my sword. I got my shield. Got my ticket. Oh, and it's real. Hallelujah. Man, that's some old songs I used to sing when we saw some people really get healed. Hallelujah. Really get filled with the Holy Ghost. Lord of God. Talking about getting prepared. That's the only way you can live for the moment. If you're prepared. Hallelujah. Living for the moment means that you're going to be packed up, prepared, ready to go. Remember the Adam? There will be no... There's not going to be no sirens blowing ten minutes before Jesus comes to warn you to be on the alert. The other day, one of those tornado warnings, those tornadoes coming through, I was, I, I done delivered two loads of children. I was headed up, going up the top of Devil's Elbow, up there jolting. Pulled in the parking lot behind other buses. And just as soon as I popped that old air brake, tornado warnings begin to go off. And then on my two way radio, somebody from over the board. The school board says, all bus drivers, get off your buses immediately. Go inside the schools where you're at. We will not be dismissing children until all this stuff passes. Hallelujah. There was another bus driver came on there and said, well, if y'all thought about that and let us out two hours early like everybody else, we might be worried about it. Lord of God, you've got to live and work for Metro to understand these things. 
Hallelujah. A lot of people's lives are saved because of those warning systems. Because they got the radars and they got all this stuff and they can, they can tell the rotation and they can tell where one's fixing to go down now. So they got these, these sirens begin to blare and to go off. But I'm going to tell you something, folks. I don't care how advanced Channel 5, Channel 4, Channel 2, and all the rest of them, I don't care how advanced their radar systems get, ain't none of them going to pick up Gabriel and Jesus coming in the sky. There ain't going to be no siren whistle blowing to give you a few minutes to get ready. Remember, in an atom of time, People are going to be like, what happened? What happened? What happened? What happened? Train just come in, left the station, and you standing there gazing at what happened. Hello, somebody. Lord, there's not going to be no war, alarm systems to warn you ahead of time. In a split second of time, it will be all over, and those ready will be gone. Luke chapter 12, verses 37 through 40. Just as the words of Jesus, Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when He cometh, that's another witness right there talking about Him coming. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when He cometh, shall find watching. Verily I say unto you that He shall gird Himself and make them to sit down to meet and will come forth and serve them. And if He shall come in the second watch or come in the third watch, and find them so. Blessed are those servants. Those are periods of time during the night. That's how they used to judge the passing of time during the night. Because the cities had walls around them. And they had watchmen on the walls. Um, and each one had a period of time during the night. They had the first watch. They had the second watch. They had the third watch. They wouldn't put one person up there all night long for fear that they would get sleepy and go to sleep and the enemy would come and break in on them. So they would divide the night up into periods of time. Each watch stood for a particular time. Those of y'all who's in, ever been in the service and you had to stand guard, you know a little bit about that. You've got guard duty. you got to do something for a particular time. Whatever time of the night. Verse 39. And this know that if the goodman of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not have suffered his house to be broken through. Verse 40. But ye therefore, be ye therefore ready also, preparedness for your turn. For the Son of Man cometh in an hour when you think not. Folks, now let me say it like this. Church, we need to stop living for wealth living for entertainment or fun. We need to live for the moment of His return. There's a lot of people who live their whole life for wealth. Amen. If I, if I, if I, if I can just build up an, enough extra cash to carry us over on a rainy day, if I can... I know I could I could be at prayer meeting tonight or I could be at church service or whatever and this and that, but I'm trying to build me up a little nest egg. Hallelujah. What's going to happen with your nest egg when Jesus comes? You're supposed to be living by faith anyway. 
Ain't nowhere in the Bible that God tells you to live by what you've got in your bank account or by what you've got on your credit card that you can borrow on. Hello, somebody. The just shall live not by Citibank. Hello, somebody. He didn't say the just shall live by MasterCard or Visa. My Lord, if some of the church saints would ever get that down, they wouldn't be so in debt. Well, they could put enough offering in. The pastor wouldn't have to hold down a second job. We'd have a church big enough to handle everything. Everything would be fine. No, but we, oh, Lord. Hallelujah, I'm going to have a quick getaway. The just shall live by faith. We need to stop living for wealth, stop living for entertainment and fun. Oh, we gotta have, we got to have our relaxation, Pastor. Yeah. All right. Glory to God. Ain't it funny to me that we can, we, we like to like energize our bunny as long as we're in the world. But then when we get saved and get filled with the Holy Ghost, we get tired. Hello, somebody. I know what I'm talking about because I've heard people tell me. I know people who are in the world. I mean, they burn, burn the candles on both ends. Staying out all hours of the night, partying with their buddies, happy hour, happy hour turns in a whole lot longer than an hour. Out half the night, still get up and go to work the next day. Somebody tell them, man, you better take it easy, get some rest. Ah, oh, don't worry about me, I'll have plenty of time to rest when I'm dead. I'll sleep when I'm in my grave. I know, I'm not, I know I'm not the only one who's heard that statement. Some of you probably made it sometime in your life. But you know what's so funny is those same people, when they get out of the world and get saved, oh, man, I, got, I, I can't go to prayer meeting tonight. i got to get up early in the morning. What happened? you got plenty of time to rest when you're in your grave. What happened to that before you got saved? Oh, Lord, you've been so good to me. Oh, Lord, you've been so good to me. Hallelujah. It's the truth in your house. we got to stop living for wealth, living for entertainment, living for fun. We need to live for the moment of His return so we'll be prepared and so we can escape the woe that will be on this earth after the church is gone. If you think it's bad now, you, you, you wait till after church is just taken out of here. Luke, this is going to have to be my last scripture, and I'm going to quit. Luke 21, 34 and 36. But take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and cares of this life. Now, most Holy Ghost people, we don't have to worry about them being carousing around and drunkenness and stuff like that. But man, the cares of this life, man, knocks a whole lot of us out. Hello, somebody. What happens? And that day come on you unexpectedly. 
For it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch, therefore, and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Hallelujah. Do you really want me to tell you what the rapture is? The rapture is an escape route. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Because you don't want to be here when those angels in Revelation start pouring them vials out. Hallelujah. I seen a picture the other day of a kid holding a, a, holding a, 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 a hell, a piece of hell that they had taken in, 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 in hailstorm that came down. It was as big as a baseball. And you say, wow, man, that will tear up homes. That will tear up cars. That will tear. That's unbelievable. But you know what? That ain't nothing. Because Revelation talks of the day that there will be hell fall from heaven a hundred pounds weight. You might want to be here during that time, but I don't want to be here. I'm going to get, I'm going to get on the first train out. Hello, somebody. Hallelujah. I don't want to be here when the wrath of God hits this planet and on everybody who take the mark of the beast. I'm going to be one that says, cut my head off if you want to, but you ain't going to step, you ain't going to put no chip in me, praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's stand together. Hallelujah. Praise God. Living for the moment. I hope, if you remember anything that I said, it's what that moment is. It's an atom of time. A-T-O-M. A smallest particle known to man. It takes a million to go across the width of a human hair. And that's how quick the Bible says Jesus is coming. That's how quick He's coming. Hallelujah. Mighty God and Fathers, we come today. We thank You and we praise You, God, for this church service. We thank You for Your goodness and Your grace. It is our prayer today, God, that You will stir us, God. And I hope and pray, God, that there's been some kind of fire ignited in our hearts, that we're excited about Your coming, that we're going to start living for the moment of Your return. We want to stay packed up, prayed up, and ready to go because we don't know what hour you can come. Help us, God, to always be ready. Let us be salt and light to be witnesses that we can get as much people ready with us as we possibly can. Take us now as we separate from one another but not your presence. Watch over us till it's time to come again. In Jesus' name, let the church say, God bless you.